I'm anxious to get us in the altars, but before we do, I want to share uh, the message, Cherish God's Favor. We're going to draw the text out of Exodus 33, starting in verse number uh, 12. Uh, so um, let me re- read the text. I, I thought it's important to read the entire text. So if you have your Bibles, iPad, iPhone, uh, whatever the latest gadget is that you have that has Bible on it, that's good. So Exodus uh, 33 Uh, verse number 12, and it's page 99 in my Bible. (laughs) Moses said to the Lord, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. Well, if you are pleased with me, Teach me your way so I may know and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation, get this now, is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But, he said, you cannot see my face. For no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be, must not be seen. We move through in this uh, meticulous way and we journey through Scripture tonight. I mean, and Moses said to God, that imagine that's a one-on-one conversation that Moses had with God. And you look and you say, well, what is a question that the secret of God's blessing and anointing, what is it that do you believe that Moses was so special that you and I could not have that kind of relationship? We could not have that kind of communication. We could not have that kind of intimacy. And I suggest to you that you and I have the privilege of having greater intimacy today with God than Moses had in his day because we have the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Moses and the people of Israel, they've been out of bondage now four months. That's it, four months. But they've done a lot. 
they built the tabernacle. They have offered sacrifice. They have shared religious and social law. They've issued the Ten Commandments. And there are several hundred thousand of them that Moses is leading. He says, hey, those are your people. You know, they're, they're not my people. God, they, they belong to you. And here it is. I'm going to need your favor, and I'm going to need your anointing and your blessing in my life. And so we have again in our text, Exodus 33, verse number 12, in the message, Moses said to God, look, you tell me, lead this people, but you don't let me know whom you're going to send with me. You tell me, I know you well, and you are special to me. And that's a great point. Moses was asking because God, God's people had already failed God. They had been disobedient, been out of bondage uh, four months, and already they have fallen out of favor in some degree in this journey. And Moses, that's why Moses said, hey, these are not my people, our people. We're all related, but they're your people. So Moses said, hey, I don't have a prayer unless I have God's favor. I need God's favor. So here it is, God's presence, I need to find it. Say that with me, God's presence, I need to find it. Exodus 33, verse number 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. What he means, I will release you of the anxiety. I will release you of the tension. I will release you of the stress. In other words, you can rest assured, here's what I'm saying to you. My presence will go with you. Why is it in the many times in our lives that God's presence is not important until we get in trouble? You know that? Until we really get in trouble, then say, hey, God, you got to dig me out of this hole that I got myself in. Moses, Moses was moved that God called him to task, and now he's going to lead him. But is it possible when he says, I, I need your presence, is it possible to leave or be out of the presence of the Lord? Is it possible to be out of the presence of the Lord? Now, here's what we know. God is omni-what? He's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere, anytime, period. But there are those individuals in Scripture that walked out of his presence. Though God said, my presence is everywhere. But there are those that literally took God for granted. For example, Cain went out of the presence of the Lord in Genesis 4, verse number 16. So Cain went out from the presence, the Lord's presence, and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. In other words, God, I know your will, I know your way, I know what I'm supposed to do, I know what's on the table, but I'm going to walk my own way away from your divine guidance. Satan went out of the presence of the Lord. Then Satan, as we find in Job 1, verse 12, then it says, uh, last part, Satan went from the presence of the Lord. I physically left his presence. Jonah Here's a great example, Jonah, in Jonah 1, verse number 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarsh. And he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarsh to flee from the Lord. I, don't, I, I would be so afraid to say to God, I'm going to flee from your presence. Wouldn't you? I'm going to flee from your presence. But is it possible that we can flee without outright saying, I'm going to flee from your presence? I think you can. 
I think by virtue of saying, I don't want to do your will. I think you say, I don't want to serve there. I think you can say, God, it's my way or the highway. I think we can say to God, listen, I, I know what I feel, what I need to do, but I don't want to pay any attention to it. Or we just, just nonchalantly walk away from the real power and presence of God. And here's what happens. People do that almost every week. They hear the message. They feel conviction. The altar call is given. And guess what they do? They walk right out the door knowing that the Holy Spirit was encouraging them to come to the altar. But God is a big God, isn't he? We know that he's omnipresent. Hebrew word for presence is panem. It means face. Therefore, we leave the face of God by avoiding him, causing him to turn his face from us. Now, there are a lot of things that we can do. I've told you, I was raised in the Pentecostal church. I had message. They were evangelists. I can, I can name a lot of them. And boy, I, I remember those that would just scare the living daylights out of you. If you don't get right tonight, you're probably going to find a mob that's going to hang you before you get home tonight. Are you going to have a head-on collision on the interstate out there and you're going to die without Jesus? I heard all those things. I heard one evangelist say, well, I was one time hung, but the rope broke and God redeemed me. All of those things that scared the living daylights out of people. And some of it worked. But as I grew in ministry, here's what I came to the conclusion, and I've shared this numerous times, and I don't want us to forget it. And it's this. If God were to just step out of my life and step away and say, you want it by yourself? Go ahead. That is the scariest, most haunting thing that I know what causes that constant disobedience period toward God. I dealt with someone this week. I said, you haven't been in church. Yeah, I just, I, I watch you online. I said, it was great. Thank you for watching online. But we're within five miles of where you live. I know I just don't want to go in there anymore. I just know too many people, know so much. I said, well, do you know Jesus? Do you know what God's word to you is? Don't forsake yourself to assemble yourself with people of like faith on the Lord's day. Amen. You know what that says? Hey, here's what it says. The next step is I won't be watching online anymore because the devil is sneaking up to just snuff out that passion and relationship that they may have with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Moses cried out, God, don't turn your face. Keep your face before me. Let me see your presence. What did God say? My face, my presence will be with you and I'll give you rest. It's kind of like a child in a thunderstorm or in the dark. A child is upset and afraid in troubled situations until they can see mama or see daddy. If they see mama and they see daddy, guess what? That child immediately settles down and says, hey, I see the arms of security in my life right here and right now. So how do we know that? How do you gain God's presence then? You say, I want his presence. I know that he's omnipresent. He sees everything, hears everything, knows everything. But how do I invite him in 
so that I maintain his face, his presence in my life. And 2 Chronicles 7, 14, we're his people. We're called by his name if we humble ourselves and say, I don't have an opinion other than your opinion, God. And we, we pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked way. Then we're going we're gonna to hear God because he understands and he'll forgive the sin and heal their land. Now my eyes, my eyes, here's the result. You want his presence. My eyes will be open and my ears are attentive to the prayers that you pray in your life having the attention of Almighty God, and to know that intimate relationship. God, I value your presence. We sing the old song, in the presence of Jehovah. How wonderful is that? God, we sense and feel your presence. May God never let us get too busy that we don't have time to celebrate our relationship with him and say, I have to have your presence before I go, before I preach, before I make that business deal, before I close on that house, before we buy that car. I want to be certain before we put that kid there in the college, God, I want to be certain that we are in your presence and feel your special touch in our lives. That is the plan and the will of God. Paul writes in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, dealing our retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, you, you don't want his presence in your life. These, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. I had a couple in, their intent is getting married in the next week or so. And she said, I met him. What is it about him that you like? He's a nice guy. I said, thank God there are some nice guys that are still left. Amen? Like the Crowder brothers you see up here with the long hair. Those, they are nice guys. Their daddy gave all his hair for them to be able to have hair. What a major sacrifice. Michael, God bless you and thank you for that. He's a nice guy. She said, I was Catholic. She said, church was optional. It was optional. We were religious. But when I met him, he's connected to his family. And we came to church. We were in high school then. They're out of college now. One went to Florida State and graduated, the other went to the University of Florida. She said, if we made it through the college years going to University of Florida and Florida State, we're going to make it in marriage. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's the truth. She said, but I came to the service. And she said, I, I, I didn't know why I was crying. I was just crying. I didn't know the next thing I knew, I'm walking down front. I'd never been down front in my life in the Catholic Church when we went. But I found myself down there weeping. And I said, what you experienced, she said, I know now, was the absolute presence of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, there should be times in our own homes 
in our own homes and our own devotions that we feel the presence of the Lord. We feel the presence of the Lord. How wonderful. But not having that presence. What was it, Samson, that had the anointing, had the appointment, had the calling, had the tools to be the deliverer of God's people? But constantly stepping away from the presence and the obedient commands of God. He found himself clean-shaven, bound, and no power. Because the enemy found the right tool to neutralize him. And his prayer was a great prayer. God Just this one more time. Just one more time. Let me feel what I felt when I was walking in unity with you. Amen? Listen, friend. Staying in the presence of the Lord will inoculate you from the lies of the enemy to take you down. God's presence, he is Jehovah. The word there is Shammah, meaning he is there. He said in Exodus 33, 15, for Moses had said, if you aren't going with us, don't let us move a step from this place. That resolve says, no, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that. Number two, God's pleasure. God's pleasure We embrace that. Exodus 33, again, Moses said, if your presence doesn't take the lead here, call this trip off right now. How else will it be known that you're with me and this, me and with your people? And are you traveling with us or not? How else will we know that we're special? I and your people among all other people on this planet earth. God said, Moses, all right, just as you say, this also I will do for I will Know you well, and you are special to me, and I know you by name. Do you know God's greatest pleasure is not looking at the sunset? God's greatest pleasure is not looking at the starlit night. God's greatest pleasure is not watching the ocean stay within their bounds. God's greatest pleasure is when he looks down on you and he sees that you are worshiping him that's the greatest pleasure of god just like grandparents grandparents don't we get excited when we see our grandchildren or our children but our grandchildren in the altar and praying and believing god their hands up leading in worship our youth camp down at masterpiece gardens the facility actually holds about 475 but we have over 500 down there, so uh, meeting the goal, they came this afternoon late, the camp director, and said, can we push dinner back? Dinner's ready. Everything has to go. There's staff there that has to get off later, and, and they came in and said, you know, can we push dinner back about 30 minutes because the Holy Spirit is still moving, and young people are getting filled with the Spirit of God, and some of them are getting
getting healed and some of them don't even know what the moment is can we push dinner back may god once again come into our midst and push dinner back a little bit can you say amen holy spirit of living god let it be so let it be so he said to the message, the Hebrew pleased or ple pleasure means shamha, which means gladness or great pleasure. It describes in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 1 through 3. Old Solomon, he said, let me give it a run for your money so that you understand. I said to myself, let's go for it. Experiment with pleasure. Have a good time. But there was nothing to it. Nothing but smoke. What, what do I think of a fun-filled life? Insane, insane. My verdict on the pursuit of happiness, who needs it? With the help of the bottle of wine and all the wisdom I could muster, I tried my level best to penetrate the absurdity of life. I wanted to get a handle on anything useful we mortals might do during the years we spend on this earth. But the bottom line, I couldn't find anything that equal to the presence of God on my life. His name, his name, Moses said. What will distinguish me and your people from the other people on earth? You can see it in the culture today. You can see it in the culture today. The difference between a Christian and a true a, a Christian that is true to their commitment and lifestyle and a non-Christian. Remember the people turned their backs and worshiped the golden calf. Do you remember that? How could they do that? God's presence is with them and he now declares, I am pleased with you now because the, the repentance has taken place. I am pleased with you. And not only that, I know you by name. I know you by name. My dad had cattle. He had, I don't know, at one time, a couple thousand hogs, you know, et cetera. But the cattle, he knew every one of them by name. He could go out and he'd say, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And that's, how, how in the world do you do that, you know? How many, of you, how many of you people out there, your parents, know all your kids' name? It's hard, isn't it? How about grandkids? I missed one of my grandkids Sunday morning in the second service. She let me know it. That was Chloe. I made up to her on Sunday night. You know what the little rascal did? Went straight to Masterpiece on Monday and walked up to her aunt out there and said, guess what granddad did? What did he do? He forgot me on Sunday morning. I said, well, did she tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth that I made up to her on Sunday night? No, she didn't mention that. Hello? Wow. What does it take to please God? We talk about presence. Declare your love in action. Declare your love in action. How do you do that? Just day by day. 1 John 3, 16. Lay down his life. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And that, that our, our brothers, when they have a need, we ought to have pity on them and do everything that we can to love them and make up to them. I read on Facebook a post, a post by very famous individuals that I know. He said he was uh, driving in to get off uh, and decided to get a cup of coffee. He drove in, I guess it was a Starbucks. I'm trying to remember the story the best that I can. Went in to get a cup of coffee and he said, I didn't see another car that was coming. And well, I almost just made him have a body and fender repair job. I'm paraphrasing. 
he said, you know, it's one of those things that when you know you're at fault, and I was absolutely at fault, you really don't even want to look at the eye of the individual that you almost wrecked. But he said, anyway, I'm thinking, oh God, wow, thank you, Jesus, for helping me. You know, I'd like to not see that person again, but wouldn't you believe it? They pulled on around, and guess who's right ahead of him in the line at Starbucks? But the guy that he almost caused a wreck. He thought, wow, how unbelievable is that? He was looking back, he said, in his mirror at me. You ever had that happen to you? They're looking at you. Yeah, you can see. Looking back in the mirror, and I thought, oh, my. He got his coffee, and he pulled up. I pulled up to order mine. He pulled up, but he didn't leave. I thought, oh, Lord, he's coming back here. Pulled up to get my coffee. He's still sitting there. And the person said, um, when he made his order, there's no charge. So the guy ahead of you said, you must be having a difficult day. And he paid for your coffee. That's Christ-like. That's Christ-like. That's the demonstration of how, how to please God. Embrace God's love and perception of yourself. Psalms 8 verse 4, what is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him the ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. David said, how is it? How, how is it that we remind ourselves? You know, you wander out there. You think God doesn't care. God isn't real. Just remember this, that God made you. And when he made you, he had your future and your plan and your goals in your life. He had them in mind. You remember the sacrifice that you get to enjoy. We owe him. He paid a debt we could not, we just could not pay. John 3, 16, he gave his life. And we're to be passionate. How do we, how do we please him? We're to be passionate, loving with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength. And then finally, serve Christ with a cause. Have a cause in life, a cause of life. You didn't put oil on my head, he says to, to Martha. He says, but she, talking about Mary, has put perfume on my feet. Everything that she has is in that perfume, and she's done it. And little do you know that that is the burial perfume that I will receive when I face death in a few hours. Finally, God's glory. Exodus 33, when my glory passes by, I'll put you in the cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed. Secret to God's blessing is simple. Get into his presence and then seek to please him. But don't you ever touch his glory. You ever touch his glory. Look what I've done. I'm very careful to endeavor to remember the ministers on the staff here are as called as I am. Though they're under my leadership and my vision, they're called by God for a set purpose. So you won't hear me say, oh yeah, they work for me. Matter of fact, I don't hardly say that about anybody. The bottom line is, is if you're not careful, 
you usually will never seek God's glory when you're broke down and out. But if we're not careful, when you begin to get more than you need to get by on, you might begin to try to take a little bit of his glory. Just a little bit. You get into his presence. Moses had the encounter with God at the pitched tent outside the camp. People could come any time that they chose. They would come in. Moses, of course, would be at the end. They would line up, look. Moses would get ready to go in to pray and talk to God, and a cloud would come down, and, and they would not be able to see him. And they stood there. The word glory in the Hebrew means weighty and heavy. Socially, it refers to a person that would be considered a heavy hitter in life. But if you want to talk to them, they are, they're a heavy hitter. That means they've got great wealth, great position, and great influence. So you don't, you don't mess with them. They know people, and they have connections. And God's visit to Moses revealed that God was invading Moses' world. And he declared, you can't see my face. It wasn't for God's sake, but it was for Moses' protection, for if you were to see God's face, you died on the spot. Because no man could stand to see the face, the identity. Why? Because you're still in a fleshly carnal body but when we die and when the resurrection takes place and we have shed this carnal body we now have that spiritual body that we can see him as he is face to face somebody say amen when do you begin to take the glory when you take the credit filled with pride, exhibit a self-centered behavior if you're not careful. We know what happened. The Lord spoke to Moses. He's now trending toward the end of the journey. I want you, I want you to just speak to the rock. Moses has had a rough time, etc. What does he do? He takes the usual, the thing that he's depended on, the staff that's been with him all these years, and he takes, I'm so aggravated, just to speak to it. I don't have time to watch God come down. And he just hid it. Water came. And God said, you're not going where I'm going. You're not going into the land of promise. Because had you spoken to it, everybody would have known that it was me who brought the water out. Not you finding a soft place in the rock with a rod. Moses, the penalty for that act of disobedience, that act of the lack of trust, will cost you. And it did. 2 Corinthians 3, 15, it is still prevalent today. Even today, right now, when the proclamations of that old bankrupt government are read out, they can't see through it. It's talking about the Jews now. 
Only Christ can get rid of the veil so they can see for themselves that there's nothing there. And whenever, though, they turn their face to God as Moses did, God removes the veil and there they are face to face. They have now been redeemed by confessing Jesus Christ as Lord. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete and we are free of it. And the Jews, as you will see when we go to Israel, there's close to 100 of you right now that are going, when you go, you will still see the bondage of the Jews who have yet to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But when they do, hallelujah, he will remove the veil and say, I was here all the time. I want to suggest to you tonight through this message that you get a deep grip on the Lord and that you understand that it is true you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And that when you pray, that God answers prayer. I got a text last night about 9.30 from an individual that, that, that doesn't come to church, did come many, many years ago. They don't go anywhere. I continue to love on them and continually to pray for them. And when they hit emergencies, they, they call me as last night and text me because they have my number. And he said, hey, Pray for my grandboy. He's here in the ER, and we don't know what's wrong. Some kind of viral meningitis, but he's my grandboy. Remember praying for Alan Walker Harrison. I texted him and said, we're praying. We're believing God. We're trusting God for your little grandson. Now, does God have, does God have any reason whatsoever based on the service of that family to touch that kid? Nothing that man has done, but because God loves, because God loves us, he's willing to reach down his hand and give us a touch. There is something in your life that God wants to use. Get in his presence enjoy the ride and enjoy the pleasure but always give him the praise and the honor and the glory let's bow father we thank you we praise you because we know now we're going to go into prayer and we're going to have prayer cards and there are other needs in this uh, auditorium right now myrna brown god is in need of prayer god you're keeping your hand on her but she certainly needs a miracle this little Harrison guy, he needs a miracle, a miracle, just a touch of God. Steve Powell, recovering from open heart. Oh, so many, so many cards, whole list on the hospital list today. God, we pray you touch Sister English, and she fell and has some fractures in her legs. God, we know, we know she is a survivor, but we're about to pray. The people that you created, we're about to pray. The individuals you've given favor to, we're about to pray. And we are in your presence. We are in your presence. We don't need to run, find it or buy it. It's already here. We're in your holy presence, God. We just want to give you a little pleasure.
We want to pray and call on your name. We want to worship you. We want to declare that, God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We thank you for it, just in case you might not know Jesus. And something is grasping hold of your heart, and you cannot shake it. It's because your humanness cannot shake the supernatural touch of God if God's hand of supernatural conviction is on you. If it's God's will, you can go to sleep tonight, but you won't sleep well. And you'll wake up tomorrow morning, and you'll feel that same hand. Who is that? God said, I love you. I made you. And I'm not willing that you be eternally lost. If you'll humble yourself and ask me, I'll forgive your sins. and They will never be remembered again. Let's repeat this prayer, shall we? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus forgive, me. forgive me. I have sinned. I have I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. And I need, your help. I need your help. So come into my heart. So I declare tonight that you are my Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the cards. We'll call you back in a minute. We're going to take about 10 minutes, 12 minutes or so. Get the cards. You can go back to your seat. You can kneel, whatever. Here we go. We're going to sing it. Let's worship God together, shall we? Trouble's been strong. 
to ages lands and age to age he stands time is in his hands beginning and the end beginning and the end is the Godhead the Godhead three in one you are Father You're the lion and the lamb, the lion and the lamb. How great, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is For all will see how great, how great is our God.
you praise. I give you praise. All that I adore. And all that I adore is in you. Well, let's tell them tonight. Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm away, have your way in me. Have your way in me. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Amen. Would you would you stand please? You're not forsaken. You have not been forgotten. The challenges that you have faced have made you stronger. I am holding your hand. Do not let go. Hang on to the truth that I have instilled in your heart. Look face to face in the face of the enemy and declare that by my name he is defeated. Stand your ground and do not be moved and do not be swayed by the voices that you hear, but stand strong and remember whose you belong. Father, we claim the promise of your word. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit, and we just claim that and honor you. Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. One of the requests that I read, pray for my husband, alcohol addiction. He's been in the military and medically discharged. He has depression and diagnosed with, with the bipolar anxiety. He's been addicted to alcohol ever since he left the military. He's been at church many times, but now he thinks he's unworthy. And I talk with him, pray for him, but he just can't stop. He's also a smoker. He's been having chest pains and, and other pains and pray for our marriage, pray for our son our little son in elementary school. I'm a follower and a believer and have attended victory a long time, but I need God to undertake this need. How many of you believe he can? Here's another. Pray for our little boy who is addicted to heroin, needs to be healed, and needs salvation. Pray for our other children there are three of them, and they all need salvation. May I tell you, that's why we exist. 
That's, we, that's what we do here. It's not just to come and listen to the Word and another precept and line upon line, but it's to really dig in and meet the need through the power of prayer of people that are lost. God is able. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, keep your hand upon all of us. Let our prayers be answered. Give us favor. God, let us leave here tonight rejoicing in the Lord because you have been so good. And God, also let us leave here with a burden for some of these needs that we prayed over. And that, God, we will continue to believe you will give a miracle because we're going to trust you in the name of Jesus. I declare it, for it is not by might nor by power, but by your Holy Spirit. I pray for little Alan Walker Harrison, God, that you would touch that that little boy, God, in your name, reach down and do what only you can do. And we give you praise and honor and glory in Christ's name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, everybody.